Hi, welcome to Bookie. Today we'll unlock the book Designing Your Life, How to Build a Well-Lived Joyful Life. Have you ever felt like this at work? You find your job extremely boring, every day you are dispirited at work and feel refreshed the moment you can go home. You have so much to complain about work, but have no idea what other jobs you want to do. So you just keep dragging yourself to work day after day. You are not alone. There are a lot of people who don't like their jobs. The authors of this book point out that in the United States, two-thirds of workers are unhappy with their jobs, and 15% even hate them. Why is that? It's because we didn't make a proper career plan. The life design class at Stanford University can help us do just that and find a job that suits us. As one of the most popular courses at Stanford, the class aims to help students plan their careers through design thinking. What is design thinking? To answer that question, we first need to understand its opposite, engineering thinking. Engineering thinking presumes that there is an optimal solution to every problem. If you want to solve a problem, you must find that solution. Design thinking on the contrary does not assume there is an optimal solution, nor does it hypothesize that there are any precedents to learn from. Using design thinking for career planning means not to assume there is a perfect job in the world that best suits us, but instead to find, discover, and even create the options that work for us. Design thinking can also help develop new products with relatively low costs through trial and error. When applying design thinking to career planning, we need to understand our own needs and the possible career directions, keep trying different things and eventually find the right job for ourselves. The authors of this book Bill Burnett and Dave Evans have worked on product design and development at Apple. They are often invited to teach design concepts to creative professionals in the Silicon Valley and are very successful in their field of work. At the same time, Burnett and Evans teach at Stanford University and the University of California Berkeley respectively. Their teaching careers have made them realize how lucky it is for someone to find the right major and career path early on. However, even at Stanford, few students can achieve this. Therefore, they decided to apply design thinking to career planning in order to help the students design their lives after graduation. That's how the life design class came into being. The class was well received by the students and even named the most popular course at Stanford by Fast Company. This book is a summary of the course's content. If you are confused about career development, we're sure this book would be of great help. Next, we'll break this book into three parts and introduce a three-step guide on how to use design thinking to plan our career. Step 1. Know yourself. Step 2. Design your career. Step 3. Master three helpful mindsets. Now let's talk about the first part. The first step of life design is to know yourself. In the Greek temple of Apollo in Delphi, there is a famous motto engraved into the wall, know yourself. While everyone should know themselves well, many of us don't. The most common example is that many people don't know what kind of job they like, and that's why they often make misguided decisions when choosing a career. To determine the scope and direction of our career planning, we first need to truly understand ourselves. But how? We can do this in three steps. First, assess the status quo and find the problem. Secondly, reflect on our work view and life view. And finally, find out what we enjoy doing for work. 
Let's start with the first step, assessing the status quo and finding the problem. When doing this, we need to recognize what the fundamental problems are and to avoid wasting time on the superficial ones. The author of this book Evans once wasted a large amount of time barking up the wrong tree. Evans dreamed about becoming a marine biologist as a child, and therefore chose to major in biology at university. But he soon realized he wasn't that into biology. At first, he thought it was because of the poor grades. He decided that if he could improve the grades, he'd naturally fall in love with biology. So he studied hard and actively conducted research and experiments, but despite these efforts, his interest in biology did not grow. It was only later that he realized the real problem, he shouldn't have taken biology at all. He eventually transferred to mechanical engineering where he was happy and successful, with all his problems gone. In Evan's case, the crux of the problem is not that he didn't study hard enough, but that he shouldn't be majoring in biology to start with. However, it took him two and a half years to see the moment of truth. If he had assessed the situation correctly from the beginning, he wouldn't have had wasted so much time. So how should we assess the status quo exactly? The author suggested a template called the HWPL dashboard which includes four aspects of life, health, work, play, and love. Although career planning is mainly related to work, the authors believe that our career can thrive only when work and life are in balance. The HWPL dashboard allows us to look at all aspects of our life, identify the imbalances, and make adjustments accordingly. Among the four aspects, health is the most basic. Staying healthy allows us to work and live better while play and love helps us maintain a healthy mental state. It's also particularly important to assess our work comprehensively, which includes both full-time and part-time jobs. If we find serious imbalances in certain areas, we should work on them and make sure work and life stay balanced. After fully understanding our status quo, the second step is to reflect on our work view and life view, and then identify the direction of our career planning. Life view determines what we think is important in life and what is not. Some people believe that money is important, while others care more about reputation. Work view is the reflection of our life view at work. It's based on life view and is an explicit expression of one's attitude toward work, specifically with regards to the purpose and reason for choosing a certain kind of job. Together, these two views determine the direction of our career and are not independent of each other. If we don't consider our life view and work view when making career plans, things would go awry. Parker Palmer, a renowned education reformer and author of Let Your Life Speak used to struggle with his career for this reason. Palmer had always admired leaders like Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi and therefore tried to emulate these great figures. He worked hard on education reform and wanted to become a university principal. But during this process, he gradually realized that this was not the life he wanted. He also realized that just because he admires King and Gandhi, it doesn't necessarily mean he has to walk down exactly the same path as they did. Palmer's career has hit a snag at first because he only took his life view into account, assuming that education advocacy is a meaningful calling to devote himself to. But he did not consider his work view, that is what kind of work he likes to do in order to push for better education. That's why in the beginning he didn't find the career he truly loved. Realizing this, 
Palmer redesigned his career and became a writer instead. This not only allowed him to contribute to education advocacy, but also to find his own path that fits both his life view and work view. So, how do we identify our own life view and work view? Pull out a piece of paper and briefly explain your thoughts on life and work in about 250 words. Life view should be about things that are valuable to us, and there is no right or wrong in choosing one or another. Work view is about what defines a good job for us, and most importantly, what our motivation is to work, for example, is it contributing to society or improving our living standards? After writing down the things we deem important, we need to look at our life view and work view to see if there is any conflict between them. If your life view says money is important, but your work view tells you it's important to make contributions to society, there's a potential conflict and it could make it hard for us to find the right job that meets both demands. In this case, we'll need to modify our work view and life view to make them compatible with each other, so that our career planning can have a clear direction. Whenever we are pursuing a new goal or feeling lost about the next step, we would do well to take a step back and think about our work view and life view and always make sure they stay aligned. After reflecting on our life view and work view, the third step is to find out what we enjoy doing for work. Let's look at an example from the book. Michael had never planned for his future and always went with others' suggestions. He followed his mother's advice and studied civil engineering at college. Upon graduation, he followed his girlfriend around, moved to a different city, and changed his job. Although Michael has always had a good job and everything seems to be going well, he has long found his work boring, uninspired and mundane, and has no idea what to do in the long run. Again, following the advice of most people, he plans to quit his job and attend business school. We can almost be certain that even if Michael enters the business school, he won't be able to find a clear direction. This is because he hasn't carefully thought about what he really likes and dislikes before rushing a career decision. This would only make it more difficult to identify his future direction. The authors suggest using the Good Time Journal to solve this problem. The Good Time Journal is a log that records what annoys us and what excites us at work. By writing the journal, we'll truly understand when we are happy, what activities we are most devoted to, and what kind of work distracts, frustrates, and unsettles us. It would only take a few weeks for us to identify what is the work we truly enjoy doing. Take Michael for example. By writing the Good Time Journal, he realized that he actually didn't hate the work related to civil engineering. In fact, he was very focused when dealing with difficult and complex engineering problems. However, he resented the complicated interpersonal relationships and administrative work. After learning about this, he adjusted the way he worked, spending as much time as possible doing things he liked and avoiding unwanted social activities. In the end, instead of quitting his job to study at a business school, he chose to advance his knowledge in civil engineering and later became a senior engineer. Now he is able to spend more of his working hours on difficult engineering problems. Well, above is the first part of this book. We can know ourselves in three steps. First, assess the status quo through the HWPL dashboard. Then, reflect on our work view and life view, keep them compatible and identify the overall direction of our career. Finally, use the Good Time Journal to find out what kind of work we truly enjoy doing and allocate our energy accordingly.
Next, let's talk about the second step, designing your career. Now that we've understood ourselves in the first part of the book, it's time to start career planning. This can be divided into short-term and long-term plans. The goal of short-term career planning is to help us find the right job. When doing this, we need to open our minds to think about what we can do and what we want to do. Mind mapping is a great way to open our minds. When creating a mind map, we should use divergent thinking around a keyword and quickly come up with many other related words. You don't need to think whether the idea is reasonable, just jot down everything that comes to your mind. The book offers an example of using mind maps to solve career problems. Grant works for a car rental company, but he doesn't like to handle contracts or talk customers into spending money. He finds himself unhappy at work, while all the happy moments in his life don't come with financial rewards. He feels very depressed. Through the Good Time Journal, Grant finds that he really enjoys outdoor activities, so he makes a mind map with outdoor as the keyword. In Grant's mind map, there are many fun words, such as kid, beach, explorer, bicycle racing, and so on. When he puts together some of these words, a lot of new ideas arise, such as finding a part-time job at a children's camp, or asking for a transfer to a branch closer to the beach, so that he can become a part-time coach at children's surf camps. Using mind maps, we can find out what we enjoy doing and make short-term career plans. When making a longer-term plan, however, we'll need to use the Odyssey plans. The name Odyssey plans comes from the epic Odyssey, which is a story about hero Odysseus' adventure on the sea. Drawing on Homer's epic, the authors compare life to such an adventure and suggest we devise a few backup plans. The Odyssey plans demands that we design three completely different five-year plans for our life. You might be thinking why do we need multiple plans? To the authors, there isn't a perfect life path in the world awaiting us. Instead, many paths could suit us and we'll need to find them through experience and trial. Designing different life plans can help us open our minds, understand our needs, and better find the path that's right for us. If you think it's hard to come up with three plans, here is a technique you can apply. We can make the three plans like this, the first one is the idea you've always had and have been contemplating for a long time. The second is what you would like to do if you are not doing your current job. And the third is your dream job if you don't have to think about money at all. It's important to remember that these three plans should all be about things you really want to do, not things that are barely acceptable. The three plans should also be completely different, rather than three versions of the same thing. For example, living in a small town in Vermont and living in a small town in Israel would be essentially two versions of the same plan, so they don't count as real different plans. After developing the three ideas, we need to work out the details of the plan. We can give it a name, make a specific timetable, and compile a list of the things to do in order to implement the plan. Next, you'll need to assess its feasibility, how do you like the plan? How confident are you about achieving its goals? Is it in line with your work view and life view? Do you have enough resources to make it work? We can find our career goals and long-term plan with the help of the Odyssey plans. But having a plan doesn't mean everything will go smoothly as planned. After all, life is not a linear path following a predictable pattern. We need to understand and evaluate the work we are interested in through actual experience. In the field of design, 
this is called prototyping. The goal of prototyping is to find the difference between imagination and reality, so that we can have an accurate understanding of our dream job or desired life. There are many ways to do this and two of the most common methods are life design interviews and prototype experience. Life design interviews are conversations with people who are already in certain occupations or positions. Through such conversations, we can understand the responsibility, requirements, and experience of a certain job, as well as whether we are suitable and competent for the job. But be careful not to make the other person think that you are trying to get a job at his company, and that he is interviewing you. Once someone feels that way, they'll be more critical of you and won't share all the information about the job. In addition, we can also have a prototype experience, that is to experience the work in person. You can create a project for yourself, get a three-month internship, or even spend a day shadowing a professional in their company. Not only can prototyping help us learn about the jobs we like, it might even offer help in landing a job. Many good job opportunities are not made public on the internet, but come from internal channels or networks. Through life design interviews, we get the chance to talk to people from the relevant industry and they also get to learn about us. So when a suitable vacancy appears, they might think of us and share that information. Well, above is the second part of the book, Designing Your Career. We covered the three steps of career planning. First, open our minds and solve current work struggles through mind mapping. Next, come up with three different five-year life plans or odyssey plans and understand our career needs. Finally, find out about the jobs we are interested in and gather hiring information through prototyping. Now, let's dive into the third part and learn how to master three helpful mindsets when designing our life. The fundamental goal of career planning is to live a happy life, but that doesn't always happen. The authors thus introduced three helpful ways of thinking that might help. First of all, happiness is not about making the right choices, but about choosing well. Happiness is subjective and there is no best answer. Choosing well requires four steps, gathering the options, narrowing down the list, making the choice, and accepting the choice. We can gather the options by drawing up different life plans we've designed for ourselves. Mind mapping the Odyssey plans, and prototyping can all lead to many options. When there are enough options, we need to eliminate some and narrow down the scope. To do that, we can divide the options into different categories, and then remove the similar or less favored ones under the same category. Don't worry about making the wrong choice. When we narrow down, we'll clearly know which options are the ones we want to keep. Next, we'll need to actually make a choice. In so doing, we need to use both our cognitive intelligence and emotional intelligence. Cognitive intelligence requires us to make judgments based on a large amount of information, while emotional intelligence hinges upon intuition and emotions. Only by combining the two can we make more informed choices. If it still sounds difficult, try the method grokking. The word comes from the American sci-fi novel Stranger in a Strange Land and it means to understand something deeply and completely. For the authors of the book in question, to grok an option means to act as if you've already chosen it, imagining and experiencing what will become the reality for the next few days. After experiencing option A, try the same tricks for options B and C, and finally reflect on these experiences to see which you like the most. 
Last and most importantly, we need to learn to accept our choices. Once you made a choice, don't demur. It's very common to regret our choice. Just as psychologist Barry Schwartz wrote in his book The Paradox of Choice, if we keep thinking about alternatives after making a decision, we'll become increasingly unhappy with our choice. Therefore, instead of regretting what we didn't choose, we should use that energy to pursue what we've already chosen, and we'd feel much happier that way. Next, let's explore another helpful mindset, failure immunity. The path of career development will never be plain sailing. Even if we've made the right choice, we may encounter many setbacks along the way. This is when we need to acquire immunity to the negative emotions brought about by failures. According to research from psychologist Angela Duckworth, when assessing a person's potential for success, grit is a better measure than IQ and EQ. We've discussed this in the bookie of grit, the power of passion and perseverance. Failure immunity can cultivate the grit in us. Failure immunity has two levels. On the first level, we should realize the value of failure, confront it proactively, take positive actions, learn from it, and eventually achieve self-improvement and growth from the experience. On the second level or the so-called big failure immunity, we need to understand that life is a process. One failure does not represent our whole life, and the lessons learned from failures can help us grow faster. The book tells the story of Reed who wanted to be a class officer at school since he was a child. Reed ran for office many times, but was defeated repeatedly. However, he was not discouraged and kept trying until finally succeeding on his fourteenth attempt. Because Reed views failures as part of his life and grows immune to them, he could persist despite the failures and learn something from it each time. Later in life, Reed experienced major setbacks such as malignant lymphoma and unemployment, but he was able to overcome them one by one, all thanks to his failure immunity. We can improve failure immunity through continuous exercises of failure reframe. The exercise consists of two steps. First, log your failure and divide it into three categories, screw-ups, weaknesses, and growth opportunities. Failures that give rise to growth opportunities should get most of our attention. They can be fixed and learned from. We need to reflect on the reasons why they came about, what lessons can be learned, so as not to repeat them in the future. Choosing happiness and failure immunity are both beneficial to coming to grips with ourselves. But in our daily work and life, we'll also inevitably connect with other people and it is crucial to build a team that can help us achieve what we want. Building a team is very important for career planning. Because our career is not only about ourselves, but also about our connections with the world and other people. During the process of planning our career, some people might help us assess our status quo, some might dispense great advice, and some might share information about a future job. Anyone who's helped us along the way should be considered a team member. The team size doesn't need to be big, just three to five people is enough. Among them, you need a mentor who usually has a wealth of experience. Their help would improve our chances of success significantly. There are generally two types of mentors, those that offer advice and those that offer counsel. The first type would give us advice based on their own experience, but we need to carefully examine their values and experiences to make sure his advice is relevant for us. The second type of mentor on the other hand would learn about our situation, open our minds, 
guide us to look at the problem from a new perspective and come up with solutions. It is always helpful if such counseling can keep you clear in mind and calm at heart. After picking your team members, you'll need to organize some activities where you can have meaningful conversations. Be sure to maintain mutual respect and protect each other's privacy. Encourage everyone to actively participate in the conversations and provide constructive opinions. The team can help us better plan our careers and make us more resilient in the face of failure, and that is the importance of a team in life design. So far we've walked you through all the key ideas of the book Designing Your Life, How to Build a Well-Lived Joyful Life. Let's recap. In the first part, we learned that we need to know ourselves before making career plans. First, we need to assess the status quo through the HWPL dashboard. Second, we need to reflect on our life view and work view and make sure they are aligned. Finally, we should carefully analyze what we like and dislike at work through the Good Time Journal and then choose the career direction that suits us. In the second part, we learn to think comprehensively while making career plans. When devising a short-term plan, we can use mind maps to inspire divergent thinking and find a solution that works for us. For the longer term, we need to have multiple five-year plans or the so-called Odyssey plans. After creating the plans, we'll also need to gain some actual experience through prototyping, so that we are well positioned to make a choice. In the third part, we learned three helpful mindsets when designing our life and planning our career. First of all, happiness is about choosing well and accepting your choice. Second, we should view failures in a constructive way, become immunity to them and grow from them. And finally, we need to work with a team and know how to seek help from people around us. Above are the main takeaways from designing your life, how to build a well-lived joyful life. See you next time. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de.